see, young America, we need to talk. You may think this is uncool. You may even think it is bogus. But I want to tell you about something that has everyone buzzing. Something that concerns mature boys and girls just like you. Something called grassroots. This is Aaron Ashley Simon. And this is Brandon Killaby H. Hall. And welcome to another episode of Grassroots Podcast, where it's not just about where you're going or currently are, but it's also about where you came from. Today, we have a special guest, and I'm so excited about this episode, y'all. <laughs> like, you have no idea how excited I am. This is a good friend of mine, someone who's been kind of pushing the envelope ever since he's gotten to this industry, and now is an artist, too. Which I'm still trying to wrap my head around, but it's still dope. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Sup, I'm Rob Markman. Look how cool that Look, was. He's even, Look, he's even talking like a <laughs> rapper now. <laughs> he's like, what's I'm up? Try, I'm trying to wrap my head around this too. Still. <laughs> it's got to be a trip, though, man. Nah, it definitely is. I mean, you know, being a journalist for so long, just being in the industry and people knowing you for one thing and... I mean, in my heart, I always knew this is what I wanted to do. I always had, like, mm-hmm. and now that it's finally out. But I used to have to keep it a secret. That you were a rapper? Yeah, because, you know, like, being a journalist, you know, a lot of people would make you feel as if it was a conflict of interest or just something to be embarrassed about. A lot of people in the industry started wanting to do music, yeah. working at labels. Like, now that, that when I'm walking through labels for meetings or different publications, you know, people will stick their head out their cubicle now, like, yo, I used to rap too. <laughs> but still, like, yeah. under their breath. Like, and I was always made, I felt like the industry made me feel ashamed mm. to, to have those aspirations. And then, finally, I just got to a point in my career where I kind of looked around and I'm like, you know what? You know, I'm kind of in the class by myself right here in this journalism shit. Who's going to tell me no that I can't do it? So I did it. That's fucking dope. That's I would have nice. never thought that, though. I I would have thought with your success and, you know, you've interviewed everyone and you've been in so many different areas of spaces that you would have been a little bit more comfortable. I wouldn't have thought that that you would have been reluctant to do it. Yeah, nah, definitely reluctant. And may, maybe part of it is me. There's definitely like an industry pressure where it's just like frowned mm-hmm. upon like you know I almost lost a job when they found out that I was rapping like back in the day like on, on my own shit so then I had to choose whether to feed my family or, or you know do what I wanted to do and choose because I wanted to do both because I love the journalism thing this is not like disingenuous like yeah you know I, I laid down this, this track work for like over a decade in journalism, like, ha ha, fooled you. I'm a rapper. <laughs> Peace. Like, that's not what it is. Like, I, I truly love mm-hmm. both. Um, To me, at the end of the day, it's all storytelling, whether I'm interviewing somebody and helping them tell their story mm-hmm. yeah. or telling my own. But, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't the most celebrated thing. It wasn't the most, like, easiest thing to do. And there's a lot of people, like I said, in the industry who started out as artists yeah. or started out with artist aspirations mm-hmm. and who kind of gave them up and, and now they're like secretly rooting for me like, and I'm like yeah dog you did it 
<laughs> I, I got to be honest. When I heard about it, I was like, Rob got an album? Remember, I, I called Aaron. I was like, Rob got an She's like, yes. Yo, listen, I... I you were skeptical, though. Wait, hold I, on. I, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm a straight shooter. I was. Good. I was. I was like, wait, but he's genius. Like, he does mm-hmm. dope-ass interviews. He's a rapper. And, and Aaron was like, yo... B, I'm telling you, you're going to be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Was like, right. it was crazy though, because like you know, I I was able to find out about it before it was really out there, and I'm just like, I remember I was telling you, I was like, yo, yeah. we got to interview Rob. And he was like, why? I was like, you'll see, like you'll see yeah. soon enough. I can't I can't say anything yet, but trust me, like this, it's going to be really dope. In my brain, I thought you had like a a huge interview coming out, so I was like, oh, he must be having something like real major coming out, and she was like, oh. Yes, he's like I can't tell you, but you just wait. So when you came out, I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "He got out. That's mm. fucking dope." I said, "That's great." And then when I heard it, um, I was pleasantly surprised. I must say, I will because I'm honest. I was skeptical. I was like, "How was he gonna? How was he gonna do this? Like, how was he gonna transition? Because that's a whole nother monster." And then hearing the work, I was like, "I get it. I get it. Okay, I get it. That's dope." That that that's uh I mean you know that's the reality I knew I, I'm not like a fool so I knew people would kind of be skeptical just because you know me from one thing it's not mm-hmm. like it's not wrong to have that skepticism mm-hmm. like you know um I knew that people weren't going to um just right out the gate be like oh shit he's rapping let's go mm-hmm. but and, and I knew I had to show and prove my my whole um you know the project is called Right to Dream mm-hmm. and you know I spell it W R I T E. I started out as a writer, mm-hmm. you know, and even with lyrics, like I, I write in the notebook. I write my lyrics. I, I'm, I'm a writer. Oh, you're still through. You yeah. still do the classic yeah. pen to the pad. Yeah, and then scratch it out and start all over again mm-hmm. and upside down on the page. And But it's called Right to Dream, but it's also because, you know, you have a right to dream and you have a right to dream. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, like we shit on people's dreams a lot of times, mm-hmm. like, because it sounds crazy. And a lot of times it's that people, you know, you can't see yourself doing something, so so you put that insecurity off on somebody else. But so the project is called Right to Dream, and you know, my goal with it was just like one was to tell these stories that um, I just wanted to tell, like my life, and mm. two, wanting people to respect it. Yeah. Like it wasn't necessarily like chasing a hit or like, oh man, we got to get a record in rotation on Hot ninety seven, or you know, we got to get. A platinum record or a gold record, all that stuff would be nice. Do not get me wrong. Like we want all of that. <laughs> but first and foremost, and nothing else, I just needed people to listen and be like, oh shit, he belongs. Yeah. Like yeah. he like this is not somebody fronting or doing this for like a disingenuous reason. Like there's actual talent here. Mm-hmm. Were you pleasantly surprised by people's responses? Because I know I remember when um I forget what event, but we were riding the subway and we talked about that, like people's uh potential responses to it. And I think I think we were even talking. I was even saying like, "Yo, I think you're gonna get a lot more positive uh, feedback than negative." Yeah, I, man, I was waiting for for all the negative feedback. I was waiting for the think pieces, and you know, and maybe that had to do with I think twofold. Like again, how I told you before, when I was at I was at a job when I was working at Double XL and rapping, it was frowned upon. Mm-hmm. So you know, I almost like kind of lost my job on the low over there doing that, and. And when I looked at my check too, I'm just like, this don't even make no sense. <laughs> Barely making anything. Um, but <laughs> anyway, um, and then probably with my own insecurities, because you know, yeah. we all I think naturally have those. But yeah, you know, I was I was expecting some more backlash. I was expecting people not to get it, not to understand it. Um, 
So the love, the love has been good, and, and and I'm I'm happy, and it more so than anything, it doesn't make me comfortable. It makes me um motivated to do better. Mm-hmm. Like all the people who had nice things to say about it, like just you, uh, be saying that you was just like pleasantly surprised. I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. so now I have your attention at a certain level. Like, can I take this to another level? Can I? Yeah. Can I succeed now? Now you have an expectation. Yeah. Can I succeed? That can I grow? Um. And people have been showing a lot of love, man, and I'm grateful for it. There's been a couple of haters out there, too. There's always haters. Oh, I was going to say, you're always going to have the haters. You, and, but even what. as an artist, like most pe- people was like, yo, people don't even hate on you. But, you know, like when they're hating on you, like you see it, like it'll yeah. be like one random Twitter person. Yeah. Like, I ever see you. Okay. Man, they just <laughs> oh, want you to respond, though. Yeah. They just want to be like, oh, Rob, tweet me back. Nah. <laughs> but um, now I, I have been seeing some sneaky hate, though. Like mm. it's some, some like low key sucker shit. <laughs> and um, but I'm cool. But uh, you know, my, most of it overwhelmed like 98 percent love, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know the people that that have been kind of hateful. Like, I kind of deal with it. Like Jay just dropped four four four, right? Yeah. And, and it, man, it's a dope album. It's a pretty dope fucking album. Yeah. And I've had people see negative things to say about that. So I'm like, they can hate on Hov. <laughs> I, I think that's <laughs> mind boggling. Yeah. That's like I think that's a huge think piece mm-hmm. body of work that whole put out. There's so many different points you can touch on and, and and gravitate to and then grow from, you know what I'm saying, listening to that body of work. So I, I get that. How are you managing juggling? Because you still work for Genius, you still do Absolutely. interviews, but you're an artist now. So you're tearing down shows. You're, yeah, you got you, a lot came going out for on. Logic. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like You're opening up for artists that you've interviewed Crazy. Artists that you probably looked up to at one point, now sharing a stage with them as an artist, not Rob Markman, the the writer. It, it's funny. Um, juggle, juggling the two has been tough. Managing my time um, has probably been like the toughest part. Um, but I'm still passionate about both. Again, it, it was not like a trade off. The plan was never to get popping. Mm-hmm. And then leave Genius. It was like I, I love what we're building over there. I, you know, I've yeah. been there for two years now, and you know, from day one, the, the vision that I had and the vision that we had when I came to in, into Genius, it like it's now like taking off and taking into into fruition. So um, I love it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and I work hard at it. And you know, I work hard at the rap thing too. I wanted both to succeed. My whole thing is like, you know, I look at Puff. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at Diddy. I look at Jay. Like, they don't stop at just one hustle. Like, you know, now I'm looking like Jay is trying to buy, like, Harvey Weinstein's company. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And get into Hollywood in that way. Like, that hustle don't stop. Like, Diddy, yeah. when Diddy starts revolt, he don't just drop bad boy and, nah, yeah. you do it all. So, you know, I, I want to be able to have, just live a fulfilled life. Like, do things that makes me happy. And, you know, the second part of your question, like, opening up for, for artists that I looked up to. When I opened up for two chains in Terminal Five, you gotta understand, like, Chains is one of my favorite rappers right now. And I think his story is amazing. Like, how old was he when he dropped his debut album, the solo album? Like 36? Yeah. He was 36 or something. Something like that. Like yeah. in a day and age when the worst thing you could be in hip hop is old. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like hip hop has broken down so many barriers. Um, you know, I, I think people aren't really tripping off of sexuality like they did yeah. um, in the past. And hip-hop isn't really, uh, you know, tripping off of gender fluidity. And, you know, not to say that it's perfect. We still got issues in, in hip-hop of accepting. And, you know, I, I love right now that I could look 
and see multiple women popping, be it mm-hmm. Cardi B, be it yeah. Nicki Minaj, yeah. Princess Nokia. I'm a big fan. Oh my god, I love her. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. you you know, but don't be old in hip hop. Don't be the old head. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's still like you can't be the old head. And if a change to come out, not that he fits in that old head category, but his age is up there. But dude still started this wave and invented himself and reinvented himself into a way that you had to respect it. Yeah. And um, so I've always looked at him for inspiration. For everything, um, lyrically, musically, and just his whole attitude and approach. So when I got that call from street execs, you know, to come open for him for Terminal Five, I didn't ask them for that. Like, how do you ask for that, yo? Can I open for you? Like, you just took the question out because I wanted to know how that came about. <laughs> nah, they just called me and was like, yo, you know, I, I have a friend um, who works very closely with street execs, Nakia Hicks. Nakia, um, she's a publisher. She's one of the best publicists in the game, really, and she was just like, yo, I'm putting something together. Would you like to open for two chains at Terminal 5? I can make it happen. She made it happen. That's crazy. You know? so That's dope. That was nuts. That like, is. And, you know, I was a true open. I was the first one on, like, you know, but it, it was love, man. It was dope. And then same thing with Logic at Barclays. Mm-hmm. I don't, I can't ask for that. Can I, yo, son, <laughs> yo. <laughs> Can you can you bring me out at Barclays? <laughs> nah, he he just hit me. He was like, he called me and he, he was like, yo, man, um, you know, you coming to my show on, on Tuesday? I was like, yeah, yeah, I got my tickets. I'm on the list. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Of course, bro. I'm not going to miss it. This is the Barclays. So yeah. like, Hell yeah, I'm coming. And, you know, because I, I got a lot of love for Logic and we got history. And he was like, yeah, so I was thinking, you know, this is part of my show where I freestyle, where I just do a freestyle and... um. You know, I was just kind of thinking, you want to come out on stage with me? And I'm just like, <laughs> it's like, whoa. Dog, is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> yeah, in the Barclay. I'm from Brooklyn. You know I'm from Brooklyn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're from Brooklyn. You want to come out? Absolutely. That's fine. Man, yeah, what yeah. beat do you want to rhyme over? Man, whatever beat, I don't give a damn. Like, <laughs> Let me come out yeah, on stage. Like, we cool. At that point, it could be a Christmas jingle. I don't yeah. fuck with <laughs> And he said, man, you know, he said, man, I just want to pay like a, a subtle... A respect yeah. to Prodigy. This is after Prodigy passed. Yeah. He's like, man, can we do shook ones? I'm like, can we do shook ones? <laughs> like, yeah, man, let's go. That's so, a moment. Yeah, and, and my sons got to see it, which was dope. You know, my sons are nine and twelve, so I got them in the building and and took them home and had had a, a long conversation with them that night about they could be anything they want to be mm-hmm. in this world. Like, all of this is achievable. Nobody ever thought I, I'd be performing in Barclays. I, look. I always dreamed of it. Like, well, the Barclays only existed like eight years, but I remember the very first thing at Barclays, what was it? It was Jay Z. Jay Z. Mm-hmm. I was there opening night. I was there for, he did eight shows. Mm-hmm. I was there for four of them. Mm-hmm. And I was there opening night, like, damn, like, imagine what this feel like to be a, a dude from Brooklyn to be able to perform here. This is crazy. We ain't have this coming up. Yeah. So, but, you know, ne- never did I thought that, that I, I would be there. Yeah. Um, and I have nobody can take that away from me. So how has it been like for, for your sons? I mean, obviously, you know, you're first and foremost, your dad. Um, but now they see you in a different light. They see people interacting with you in a different light. And like, so how has that experience been for them? Just seeing their dad, like becoming this artist, coming out on the Barclays Center and everything like that. It's been cool. Like I said, I think, I think it's been a teachable moment. Everyone when my son was little. He had told me, you know, because I was at MTV, like I was on TV a lot. Yeah. And, you know, but it was me interviewing somebody else. And he was like, Dad, you know, you're, you're famous, but not really. 
I was like, oh, what do you mean? And he was like, you're just famous because you know famous people. Like, <laughs> they like you're famous by association. You know, kids are so perceptive. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah kind of right. Dude, like, I'm not arguing against you. Like, yeah, you cool. And um, at the Barclays, after we came out the Barclays of the Logic Show, I came out the back entrance when it was over, and there was mm. a bunch of kids outside. And, um, you know, they were waiting to see Logic come out. Yeah. Here I come. So I was like, man, they might fucking throw tomatoes at me. Imagine they disappointment. They're waiting for Logic. I come out. But now it was a bunch of kids came up to me like, yo, you killed it. Yo, I'm downloading your album right now. They were showing me their phones. They wanted to take pictures on Snapchat. Everybody wanted to take a picture. Everybody showed love. And my kids are waiting at the end of the block for me because I was backstage. They had seats. So I'm like, just wait for me over there. Um, it took me a half hour to get down the block because I was taking pictures. Oh, wow. Um, you know, talking to people, shaking hands and with fans. And my sons are just looking at me like, who the fuck? You're a rock star. <laughs> like, this is our dad. And for me, I went home that night and it was a teachable moment. I'm just like, yo, I dreamed about this. I told my son he's 12. I, I wrote my first rhyme when I was 12. I said, I've been dreaming about this since I was your age, bro. You could do anything you want. Like, don't let... And, and he and I had a long conversation about things that he thinks he might want to be in the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, don't let nothing stop you. That's so dope. it's been great. That's a really good story. How how is it now adjusting? Because like I said, you're you are multi talented at this point. You're a rapper, and when being a rapper, you obviously have to open up about certain things. Obviously, listen to your your project. I've heard a lot of different stories on there. Does it affect you or your core audience when they hear these things, maybe that they've never heard before, or they get to hear a different side or perspective of you? How do you handle like? I guess, explaining it or or getting them to understand that, hey, this needed to be said. Yeah. More so, it was like therapy for me. I I don't... Mm -hmm. I still... I I think people heard it. And I wonder how many people actually listen. Like, um, you know, basically my whole story, like like the intro to the album called Last Night, you know, and and the first bars is, I almost got shot today. You know what I'm saying? Um, It's a true story. Like, you know, I I was in the hood and the next day I, I was... Moving and it was like on some man's society shit. I'm like, but you know, it wasn't like nobody. I wasn't the target, but I, it was just wrong place, wrong time, mm-hmm. straight bullet. Like, so I'm thankful that I didn't get shot. It could have gone another way, um, because I, I grew up with people, you know, who are no longer here. You know, just who died on the same corner. I almost got shot on. I see people get arrested on the same corner. I seen addicts on that same corner. Um, you know, these are the pitfalls where we come from, mm-hmm. and you know, I escaped that. And, you know, there's a little bit of um, um, PTSD that yeah. comes, I think, when you come out of the hood. You know, I grew up in mm-hmm. Flatbush, Brooklyn. Like, um, you know, so I'm, I'm just grateful to have made it out. Um, and I didn't have anywhere to tell these stories. Like, if I'm interviewing you, I, I'm trying to get your story. I'm not telling mm-hmm. mine, but it was a very important story to me that, you know, when I watched my older brother go to jail, it changed me. It, it, it like... I knew that's what, you know, where I didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I rap about that a lot. And, you know, the, the hardest part was telling the story but not disrespecting my brother. I didn't want to put, that's his business at the same time. I didn't want to put all his business out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I got a couple brothers, so I didn't say his name because my brother, my, he's out of jail now. Mm-hmm. He's doing amazing. 
he may have people in his life who never knew that he went, that to, he jail. went to jail. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I, you know, I make a, a mention of, of my cousin who was murdered and, um, but it's a little subtle mention because the way he was murdered, like, that's a, a, it's heinous. Like, it, 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 it's like a Lifetime movie or something. Like, it's just so many twists and turns and, and what happened to him, but you know, he, he has kids that he left behind. He has a family. So they're not all my stories. So I'm telling these stories. I'm trying to do it respectfully. I'm not trying to do like, no disrespect because it's one of my favorite songs. I'm not trying to do like the 50 Cent Ghetto Quran. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, because that makes people feel the way. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and and just knowing that these stories, I'm not, a, I came up in the street, but I'm not a street dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you still have that respect level, obviously, and you don't want to burn bridges, especially yeah. with your family. That's, that seems like a, a very touchy subject, obviously. Yeah. You know, when having to have these demons that you're fighting and, and carrying this weight, mm-hmm. but yet you still got to, you know, interview people and, and conduct yourself a certain way. And yeah. now having your own platform, Kind of still having to restrict yourself just from a respect aspect, yeah. but you know, but I'm I'm learning because I still these are still my stories and I still want to get them out and, and, and tell them. Um, you know, I did this things that has happened in my past and with my family and me growing up that you wouldn't believe, and and so I've never been to therapy. I I I, I don't know if I could go to therapy. I'm should, almost afraid. You I'm should a, go to therapy. I'm a, I'm afraid of of. Opening up, just like like. But you're a rapper. You do I, realize I know, you got to right. you got to so, open up. So what I'm saying is, the rap is a therapy. I I don't know if I could sit there in an office and open oh, up to somebody. Okay, okay. Um, but th- this album was very therapeutic for me mm-hmm. in that sense. Like this, this that. probably took the form of of, of therapy. therapy. I get some of this off my chest. Um, and have everything be cool, and then and you know my brother heard heard the joint and. He was cool with it. He was cool with what I said and how mm-hmm. I said it. You know, I didn't ask his permission. I kind of went and did it. My, my older brother, he was the last person that I told that I rap, that I'm putting something out. He knew that I rapped as a kid, but when I was like, oh, by the way, like, like it was the day before it come out, I was like, yo, um, I got an album coming out tomorrow. He's like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, um, and then he heard the joint. He was like, all right, cool. This is all. He was like, man, just keep it street. Don't do no sucker shit. That's the one so, thing I like. It's very New York. Right. It's very New York, and and that's obviously needed in this day and age. And not disrespecting anybody else, but you know, I I always like that era of music, like the Fifty Cents, the you know that type of era. And I feel like your album is super New York, which is super super needed. Yeah, I didn't I didn't plan to do that like that. Like I just kind of picked. You know, I had these stories. I knew what I wanted to say. I knew the the emotions and the feelings that I wanted to express, and I chose beats. Um, that fit that and then that's what I chose so you know it's just me being a product mm-hmm. of New York and me being from New York and from that era um, I didn't go in and be like yo I'm gonna make a New York album son mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying but I mean you know keep a Uzi in my army jacket line and like it's just how I dress <laughs> like it might be some polo like I'm from New York I can't yeah. hide that you know the, the one thing I said right like the worst thing you could be in, in hip hop is old right yeah. yeah and it's like the second worst thing you could be in hip hop is from New York <laughs> like Dog, they make fun of our slang. Like, you don't go nowhere else. Nobody makes fun of Bay Area slang, LA slang, yeah. but you know, dead ass B and, and facts. Oh, man, and yeah. It's, it's like a joke to I a said, lot of people. I said bet to somebody the other day, and he had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. He was like, bet. I said like, dead ass before out of state, and they're like, what's dead ass? Like, yeah. I'm like, oh my nah, gosh, but I got to explain it. We get made fun it. of the shit. We get made fun for wearing Tim's. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, what I'm saying is, is, is I'm from an era where 
it was dope. I, it was always dope to hear some L.A. hip hop or some meet a L.A. cat because it was like, man, I'm getting put on to some new slang. Oh, that's how y'all dress? Yeah. Oh, that's how y'all say that? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, You know, I remember uh, speaking to Kendrick and um, what's their word out there? Manny? Mm-hmm. I was like, dog, what's Manny? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was like, nah, nah, nah. So you start breaking down what it means. But that's the dope shit about hip hop is yeah. like, right. you know, and I think the internet brings everything closer together. But, you know, it's like, man, like, I, I like for each city, each artist to have their own yeah. identity. We all don't got to use the same slang. We all don't got to dress the same. And nine out of ten times, too, it'll be some kid in his mother's basement in Idaho who don't even come outside got over there. Got fake profile photos yeah. and stuff. Like, it's like, yo, dog, you don't even show your real face or name, yeah, so. But, but let me say dead ass, B. Like, fuck, facts. Like, this is just what we, like, this is how we move. Like, let me get this chopped cheese and leave me alone. Let me get my chopped cheese in peace. Leave me alone. Oh man, that was like when they that um this, these two guys. Well, I guess they were former Google people, and they're trying to get rid of uh, bodegas. Oh yeah, the bodega. I was like, what man. the heck was this? I seen that. If bodegas go, I'm gonna have an issue. But but here, here's my thing, and it, and it goes it's to, necessary. It goes to to justification and what's happening in New York. Like, yeah. I love that New York is safer than what it was. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? The New York's changed. The problem is is that the people who've endured and gave the city character all these years can't afford to live here no more. So you love our culture so much, like you come into our neighborhoods and, you know, oh my God, it's so, oh, New York, da, da, da. Love everything about it, but then want to replace the shit. Like, yeah. the like, nah, B, like, mm-hmm. what the fuck, a bodega box? Like, nah, get out of here like with that pantry. shit, man. That's yeah. it. Yeah, in essence, that's all it really is. And then you're going to call it bodega. Yeah, that was. He's like, like, I'm not trying to appropriate. Nah, man, it, it, it's kind of it's, it's just disrespectful. I think to the character. Like, I'm 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 just very strong on. I I don't want us. We can evolve. You know, we don't got to be out here like it's 1995. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I'm happy that I don't see crack in the street no more. Like you know, what I mean, yeah. you just just walk in with crack vials all on in the playground, yeah. and this these are great Gosh. things. But man, don't don't lose. I mean, what makes us us, man? Yeah, like, you know? I, I definitely agree with that. Now, when when you were recording your album, um, were there were there times where like there was maybe a record outside of the record where you spoke about with your brother and your cousin? Was there one record where it took you longer to get through than others, just because it was so personal and it was just so uh, in depth that yeah. you were kind of like, I'm really struggling writing this, even though I want this story to be told and I want people to hear it but it's a challenge I mean yeah and I scrapped that record I ended up up not using it um, for um, the record it was a record about um, addiction like you know I saw um, I grew up around a lot of addicts you know um, or or, or people who who, you know in various degrees and people who who exhibit um addictive behavior and I've always been afraid of being an addict mm-hmm. um, myself so you know I don't, I don't do a, a ton of drugs like I may smoke here and there but like if I smoke too many days in a row I'm like oh shit like nah I gotta I'm just afraid of being like yeah. addicted to anything mm-hmm. um, so I was writing this song about addiction and, and it was kind of about real life stories about people around me and I just couldn't I couldn't finish the re- I couldn't put it out the way and not that I was holding back. It was just too raw, like, for me. Like, it was just mm-hmm. taking me to a place. Like, I'm like, nah. But I ended up using one of the verses to to the record 
it is the first time I said this too on I Don't Want to Wait, which was the first single that we dropped that Justice League and 8 Bars produced. Um, the last verse, um, everyone's addicted to something, some addicted to drugs, some addicted to hustling, some addicted to women, some addicted to sinning. It's the rush, the adrenaline, the high when it's settling. That that was from a whole nother record. That and the whole record was about addiction, mm. and um, I love that verse. Um, but I, I just couldn't finish the record, so I, I kind of left it on the cutting room floor. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna revisit it. Yeah. I just gotta gotta be in the right headspace. Like it, it has to come to me, you know. Yeah. I have a I have a question that kind of steers away from the music a little bit, or maybe it could be associated with music. I'm not sure. Um, I met your mother for the oh, yeah, first you time. Sure did. She was amazing. Loved her. She helped me with the revolt piece that I did with yep. you. Um, my question is, have you ever, growing up or even, you know, kind of in the industry or, or anything in general, I saw that, of course, you're light. Your mom's fairly dark. Mm-hmm. Then your dad's light. Mm-hmm. Have you guys dealt with any sort of, like, sort of colorism growing up with the fact that your mom was darker than you and your brothers? I, I don't think in my family. So my mom, my mom is Puerto Rican, and, and my dad is Jewish. And my dad was born here, but his family is from Russia, from like Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. and, and they're Jewish. But my dad is also atheist, so he's not practicing Jewish religion. So it's weird. Yeah. And um, and my mom is Puerto Rican, but my mom, you know, if you look at my mom, my mom looks black. She's Afro Latina, yeah. you know. And when growing up, and you know, I'm obviously as, as light as I am. Um. Growing up, I was always taught to respect and love everything that made who I am. So my mother always taught us um, in being Latin and being Puerto Rican that being Puerto Rican is, is comprised of, you know, you have the natives who, who are in Puerto Rico. Yeah, you know, the Taino the, the, tribe. The Taino tribe, mm-hmm. right? And then you have the Spaniards who came and, and colonized, and then you had... The Africans that were brought over as slaves when they were being brought over to America, Puerto Rico is obviously a port, mm-hmm. and and it's those cultures. So you know there's African culture in in um, Puerto Rico, right? Yeah. Um, Spaniards, the Spanish language we get from Spain, and and then the native, you know, the native blood, the Taino blood. So I've even though I was light, I've always identified with being a person of color, you know. Yeah. Um, and my dad instilled that in me too. Like my dad was like, "Yo, you, you you Puerto Rican? Like, when you check off that box, when they used to give you the schooling test, what are you? You know, they didn't have this before they had Latin or Latina. I don't know what they have now, but he was like, "Man, you Hispanic? Like, yeah, it, it's in your blood. Like, so you know, I, I was always raised. So inside my house, it, it was never a problem, mm-hmm. really culturally. Um, when I got outside, you know, people see Markman, but then they see me and they be like, "Yo, you ain't white, but Markman's your last name and." You know, it was tough. Or sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll see on Twitter, it, like when we used to do MTV Hottest MCs, they used yeah. to be like, man, man, what you know about hip hop? You white. And I'm just like, well, first of all, even I am, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And I'm also Puerto Rican, but fuck, I challenge anybody like who know more hip hop than me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we we could do it. Um, so, so you meet that sometimes, like, but I don't trip off of that. I know who I am. Yeah. yeah. Hold on one second. Yeah, you know, um, a wild, a wild story is though, and it's funny because you get it on both sides when it comes to the race thing. Like, like sometimes, you know, you're not black enough for the black kids, and you're not white enough for the white kids, and you know, being biracial and being mixed in that way. Mm. Um, I struggled with that growing up. It, it took me a while till I got my teenage years, till I got really comfortable about 
who I am. But um, I remember my, my pops used to go to this um, all-Jewish camp, summer camp, and he loved it. You know what I'm saying? So he would send me, you know, he was like, man, go check this out. And I hated it. Mm. And, you know, they, man, that, that was the first time I was maybe 11 or 12. That was the first time somebody ever called me a nigga. Mm. ER. Yikes. And oh, wow. I was like, so we ready to fight right now. And, <laughs> but I look like the crazy one. Like, you know, um, yeah. I, I just always kind of felt different um, in, in that particular environment. And, you know, when I'd be around um, the Puerto Rican side of my family, and like I said, you know, my mother is dark, Afro-Latina, yeah. the whole side of the family is like that. My grandmother even darker than her. My grandmother, you know, my cousins. Mm-hmm. They were cool. They would always joke and be like, oh, man, you know, I'm the white boy cousin. But that shit even was more joking than said with love because they fully embraced me. They held me yeah. down. Like, we were family. Like, it was no question. Um, you know, there was some times on my father's side of the family where I didn't quite feel welcome mm-hmm. or belong. I, I used to wear um, braids in my hair because I looked up to my older brother. My older brother had box braids. I feel like my older brother was like the first Puerto Rican with braids. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, that's crazy. But not even because that comes from my culture. That comes yeah. from the Taino culture as as well, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But my brother had braids, so I got braids and my brother went to jail. And um, one of the, the elders in my father's side of the family was like, saw me with the braids and then was just like, you gonna end up just like your brother. Oh. You, you gonna Mm-mm. go to jail. You going down the same path just because I had braids in my hair. So I, I, I felt like I'm like, dog, how can you say that to me? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I was like 13, 14 at the time. And so, you know, like you experience it in subtle ways, but around, you know, through hip hop a lot too, like, and through writing music really kind of helped me find and define who I was at a young age. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. I mean, I, it's, it's crazy. Like, you have that experience. And then me, it's kind of like the other way where my, where my mom is really light and people think she's white. And sometimes, like, when I went to colleges to go visit, they'll go to a black lady and be like, oh, so what does your daughter think? And I'm like, yo, like, that's that's not my mom. Like, <laughs> this is my mom. And, and she, she went through the same thing. Like, she was called, like, the white sheep, the mailman's baby because it was like she did. She was the lightest one out of this, my, uh, my other aunts. So, um, but speaking of Puerto Rico, you know. Go Puerto Rico, Boricua there. Um, the recent hurricane—it's been a travesty. Like it's—it's. It's, I think it's like only nine percent of people in Puerto Rico have electricity now. Only like nine percent, which is mind-boggling. But ha, do you know? Have you had anyone that's been affected? I know I had like some few distant cousins that've been affected down there. Yeah, I, I have distant cousins um, over there on my mother's side. Um, but for the most part, most of my family is up here. But. Um, my best friend Lou, um, we're like brothers. We're we're as close as you know. He he grew up. He looks at my mother and my father as his parents, and yeah. I look at his parents as mine. Like you know, we just are that close. Um, he went. He was out there, and mm. his wife um, was pregnant, and oh. she gave birth like during that whole during the, the ordeal. The, yeah, wow. like it's crazy. Um, and not being able to communicate with him for that time was hard but he you know he, he's in the army he's a sergeant in the army mm-hmm. like I knew in my heart I knew that he was alright cause he, I was like man he's just out here probably helping other people yeah. you know Um, but I spoke to him the night before the storm hit and he was like man we just gonna ride this out and um, it was probably a good 10 12 days before I heard from him again like trying to reach out trying to find him Um, but he's good 
That's good. He's good. And when I spoke to him, he was like, yo, man, just can you get us all flights out of here? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, I got yeah. you. Um, so um, it, it, it's dope. And he's doing like really, really good. But, it, you know, it's a travesty what's going on um, out there, man. I, I think it's really disgusting the way Trump has handled it. I think every chance he gets. Mm. One, he wants to pat himself on the back for some shit that he didn't even do. Like, we got the mayor over there, like, wading through water, helping people. And he's criticizing her. And this dude is, is chucking paper towels paper like he's Steph Curry. Yeah, that was, that was trash. <laughs> you know, and, and want to pat himself on the back. But every time he opens his mouth, he wants to remind Puerto Rico that they're in debt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's really disgusting, man. You're talking about people who need help. You know what I'm saying? The, the debt crisis in yeah. Puerto Rico is a governmental thing. Is, mm-hmm. is is like the, But we're talking about people who need help. These, these people that are affected, also victims of, of government greed, and, and, and that's why the debt is the way it is, yeah. right? And why the financial situation. So you're going to hit them twice? Like, and even, it, it's just very... Um, Man, it's like ignorant. Tasteless yeah, is the word of, of, of we're dealing with a human tra- tragedy over there, and um, you want to talk about the financial aspects of it, like man, like just do what you gotta do, man. Get these people help. And that's the one thing that bothers me about that whole situation, because it's like it's like loaning somebody money and then reminding them, yo, you remember I loaned you that five dollars though, right? And when like, you needed it, you know, what ten I'm years ago. And it's like, fam, <laughs> it's been twenty years. And then, like, and then they and then their house is burning. Yeah, and it's like, man, I would go out and save them, but, but that five dollars that that I lent them, yeah, I don't understand it. I don't understand. But it, it doesn't make no sense. But the beautiful thing is, regardless of Trump, because fuck him, um. The, the the spirit of the people, man. Like mm-hmm. seeing, man, seeing in New York, like I I didn't know who to donate to. Everybody had a drive. Everybody yeah. was doing yeah. something, whether it was Title and Fat Joe and Angie Martinez, and yeah. you know, um, Princess Nokia was doing something. Um, you know, I got on the phone. I was speaking with Immortal Technique about doing something, man. You see what um, Mark Anthony and J Lo mm-hmm. are doing. Um, you know, celebrities and just everybody, just the community getting together. Lin-Manuel Miranda, mm-hmm. um, who I look up to immensely, um, you know, just, just doing what we got to do for our people regardless of the government. That's the real beauty of it is that yeah. the way we come together as a people and, and help each other when the chips is down. Do you think that's going to sway, like, when you start working on your next project? Because I'm assuming the next project is coming. You're oh, yeah. a rapper now, so I'm, hold, I'm holding you to these standards of Absolutely. that. Yeah. Um, do you think you'll use your platform now to kind of touch more on political? And obviously not mm-hmm. delving into it too much, because you know, that's a lot for someone to, to retain. But to be able to express yourself and get people to understand, like, this is a real issue. And if you have a platform, you should use it. Do you, do you see yourself... Tipping into that a little bit? Yeah, um, I might. You know what I'm saying? I I, I don't know. Like, it, It's kind of like whatever comes out in the studio comes out. But, you know, the, the one thing... So I, I can't speak to what's going to come out in the music. Um, and I just started to get back in the studio and start again. So, I, you know, okay. I, I don't know what the result of that is going to be. I'm just going to let it come to me. But, you know, I think what you say about having a platform, I think now also being a rapper as well as a journalist has... has put me kind of in a different light. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what comes out in the music, using my voice to speak out, you know, going out, you know, not being afraid to to come on shows like your own and like, yo, we're going to speak on this and I'm going to tell you how I feel. And then going out in the streets, you know, um, my manager, Hovane, he and I had talked, because I don't, I don't know how, like I've never done it, 
But I, I was like, yo, man, can, can we do something? Like, what can we do to yeah. give back to the people? Like, what type of programs can we set up? You know, do I have to set up my a business as a charity? Like, mm-hmm. what's that involved? And really learning now that, that I have another platform, like, how can I give back? So that's definitely going to be a focus okay. of ours going forward. Absolutely. That's dope. Now, uh, I want I want to circle back to one thing because I, I really do feel like it was important. When you started to talk about, um, you know, your upbringing with your brother and stuff, like it seems like your brother was a focal point before he w- he was locked up or whatever. Did you feel like a lot of pressure from your family? Like, hey, you, you have to be successful. Like, you, you know, did you ever feel that sense of pressure? Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't feel the pressure uh, from my family to be successful. Um, after my my brother got into his situation, it, it was a pressure that I put onto myself. I, I looked up to my brother a lot, um, and you know I, I still do. Um, you know he was the first one that I seen come in with EPMD tapes and Redman tapes. He taught me what hip hop was, mm. you know, and and to see him in an Adidas tracksuit mm. and to see him kind of do graffiti and just be out in, in the street. Like my brother was the man. Like growing mm. up, like he got all the girls. Um, he had all the, the music. He had a, a fresh sheepskin. Like he always had like the freshest clothes. Like you know what I'm saying. Like so that's who I looked up to. So you know, I I remember when I first started rapping, like spitting rhymes to my bro. Yo, check out what I wrote, and him just laughing like, dog, you, you whack. You need to give yourself. like you know. But he's my older brother. Like that's what the yeah. older brother do. Um, so a lot of it was trying to. Um, when I was little, trying to prove to him that I could be cool too, mm-hmm. or as cool as him. Um, Wait, was he the one that laughed at you when you called into Stretch and Bump? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I called into a radio station, the Rhyme, um, one time, and uh, the Rhyme was whack, and they <laughs> hung up on me. It was, it was, it was, it was absolutely whack. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not gonna hold you. And I was like, damn, and my brother's just there crying. And I'm just like, damn. It, like I thought the world was at the day. I was like, man, it's over, man. They hung up <laughs> on me. Um, but yeah, so my, my brother definitely was like, oh, he ain't pulling no punches. Um, he ain't baby me in, in no type of way. But you know, I always looked up to him. So mm-hmm. that pressure I put on myself. And then um, when he got into his situation, like I wanted my little brother, I wanted to look out for my little brother too. You know. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that it was more so pressure that I put on myself. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, let's talk about you as a journalist, because that journey is something else in itself. How did, how did you start? You know, like what made you want to get these stories and 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 bring light to some of your favorite artists? Favorite, because you again, you've Jay Z, freaking everyone, like literally yeah, everyone. Jay Z, Nas, <laughs> yeah, 50, like you've had Nikki, Drake, really Wayne, huge yeah. interviews. I think you, weren't you like one of the first people for Kendrick too? Or like yeah, one that really like ones that really yeah, supported. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I was pretty vocal about Kendrick early on, um, and we just developed like a great relationship. It's amazing what happened with that kid because I just like Kendrick, and you know we talking about Kendrick Lamar EP. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like before Section 80, before just because he could rap. Mm-hmm. I, I, I back then I, I I couldn't have told you that he was gonna be like multi-platinum. I couldn't tell you he's gonna be the biggest artist in rap. Today, like I, I, I didn't have that type of vision. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "Yo, this dude can rap," mm-hmm. and I, I just want to lend whatever platform. I was at Double XL at the time, man. However, we can get him in the magazine. Let's get him in. If it's a little blurb, if it's a bit big article, let's do whatever we could do. Um, and it worked out. He took us to a whole another level. But I didn't really have dreams of being a journalist. Like I said, my, my I started out wanting to be an artist, mm-hmm. and um, 
the journalism thing kind of kind of found me. Um, but it all stems from just the love of hip hop. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I grew up in an era where, and I think, damn, now I sound like old head. <laughs> I think the kids these days take it for granted. Like growing up, like they used to tell us. Teachers, parents, uncles, aunts, uh, you wasting your time with that music. Oh, yeah. it's not gonna last. Yeah. Oh, it's just a fad. Mm-hmm. Like, haha. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, like I was able to make a career and right. feed my family and surpass a lot of people. You yeah. know, my, my pops looked at me um, one day and he was like, man, I'm proud. He was like, you're more successful than, than I've been. Wow. Like, you know what I'm saying? Wow. And that's what everybody wants for their kids, is for their kids to. You know, do better than they did. And he mm-hmm. was like, "Man, you really took it further than than I did." I'm proud of you. You know, and we just recently had that conversation, like a couple oh, wow. months ago. Oh. Um, but yeah, I, I never had dreams of being a journalist. Like it kind of just found me, mm-hmm. but it all stemmed from a love of hip hop. I, I had a, a friend named um, still still my friend Tim Hotep, who was at um Complex Magazine. It's like the fourth issue, and and he knew I knew a lot about. Rap and he knew I could write because we went to school together. So I would always get like A's on my essays. I was horrible in math and everything, but English, anything that had to do with writing, I was always just good at. Mm-hmm. So he was like, Man, I need you. I need somebody. I can't find anybody, man. Um, Can you do this Jada Kiss album review for me? And I was like, Cool, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like, Jada's gonna go up to D Block Studios, Jada gonna play you the album. And I'm like, all right, cool. This this sounds like the coolest in the world. And we're going to pay you $500 or something. I'm like, and I'm getting paid? <laughs> yeah, he Not was like, and, and the scope is going to send a car. They're going to pick you up. They're going to drop you off. He's going to wait for you when you're done. And when you're done, he's going to bring you back home. I'm like, dude, this cake. That's crazy. Um, And, and Jada, uh, Jada played me the album. Um, mm-hmm. It was the first time. I heard why before it came out. Like, that shit, like, blew my mind. Um, And, and that whole album, and. I caught a check and then one review led to two and then writing for Complex led to freelancing for The Source and that led to freelancing for Vibe and XXL and it just kind of snowballed. You know, I, I was just like, and I was working in a mailroom at a time and I never thought I, I would get out. I was like, man, I'm going to be in this mailroom forever. Um, and, I, you know, I saw a way through hip hop. I was like, oh, I could, I could write about what I love. I could, I could participate in this game. It wasn't the way, it wasn't being an artist like I had originally dreamed, but I'm like, yo, I could actually participate in this business, in this game, in this culture, and get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the route we taking, so I took it. So the, the route less traveled, yeah. technically, and, when you think about it. And it was dope. I, I remember, too, I, I was in a group. This is funny. <laughs> I, I was in a group when I was like in high school, and we used to go to all these open mics and battles around New York, and it was all these different crews or whatever. And somebody in the group had suggested, and you know, we we get our little looks, but it wasn't like we was popping at all. So they was like, "Yo, we should make a newsletter, our own kind of thing, and spotlight, just report on the whole scene, and then we could just give ourselves looks every now and again." I, and I remember being mad, like, "Man, I ain't coming here to be no fucking journalist to make no magazine." <laughs> I came here to rap, man. We rapping or what we doing? I remember that was like a suggestion. I was like, man, I ain't doing that shit, man. We go to the studio. We're going to work this shit out. And um, lo and behold, that really became the path that I took. It was like the opposite, right? Like, I got to do that newsletter and then yeah. go in the studio after. Yeah, shit. If I'd have had that vision, like, I was like in high school, man, we could have started the next Source of Double XL. We just stuck with it. My man... My man had the vision. I ain't even gonna lie. You slept on him. I definitely oh, slept man. on him. 
And I just remembered that too. He never brought it up too. I wonder if he even he remembers it. He might. I didn't hear this. He might call me. Like, I was about to say he gonna call you like Rob. I heard that shit. Nah, <laughs> Fuck he, you, man. Nah, nah. He gonna want twenty percent. You know what I mean? I want twenty percent. Oh man, oh man. But I mean, I gotta say it's this has been such a great journey watching, especially you know when we had our previous talks before it even came out, and then it's crazy just to see how fast it's been going. Like, it's been going pretty fast. Like, right. Thank uh, you. It don't feel fast enough. Like, I'm like, <laughs> He's like, I, I'm, a, I'm trying to get to the next level. Uh, Newsflash, Rob. It's going pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, going man. pretty fast. But, you know, it's, it's still certain things. That now the competitive part in me sets in, like, you know, yeah. it, it was great. Um, I When the record came out, I didn't send it to any DJs. I just didn't, you know... Um, I told you it wasn't really a goal. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even get a chance to send it to DJs. And mm. DJ Enough was the first one to play it on Hot 97. Oh, that's fire. fire. And fire. I, I, I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to hold you. I cried. Like, because it came on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And it was right after a Kendrick Lamar record. And, and oh, wow. it's this record where I'm, it's a deeply personal record. And, and I definitely shed a tear. And the funny shit was, my son, I didn't know it was coming on. And, um... My son was in the car with my wife, with his mom, and they heard the record. It wasn't like I called them and said, yo, the record's coming on, turn on the high seven. They just happened to be listening. So my son is, is playing, and my son was like, hold up. That's dad? You playing? Mom, you playing? Nah, it's on High 97. He was like, yo, that's... And they had to pull over the car. My nine-year-old son was tripping out. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that, that was cool, but... Uh, to go back is, you know, so so I got a couple of spins on High 97, which was amazing, right? Yeah. The best feeling in the world, but I'm like, I want more. Like, I ain't, I ain't getting enough spins. Like, what <laughs> I got to do? Now the competitive part comes in. It's like, man, what's the type of records? Mm-hmm. Now I'm looking at, I, like, I'm happy that I got this off, but yeah. I'm not just happy to be here. Like, I, I really want to stretch myself and grow mm-hmm. and make bigger records and make more far reach of music because I think I have a lot to offer. So, yeah, I'm looking at, like, Kendrick, at J. Cole, I'm like, how they did that? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's that? Okay. What's my version of that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, and now the strategy for you comes into play. Yeah. How are you going to position yourself in the field? Right. How are you going to make yourself yeah. stand out more? Right. But but it's fun, too. I don't want to... Because I, I feel like the strategy makes it almost, like, disingenuous or, like, very much, like, oh, I'm trying to make a hit record. No, now it's fun. Now it's like... Because it really starts, okay, well, what do I got to do? Okay, I know the beats... You know, my man Punch, actually, from TDE, told me, he was like, yo, okay, I, I hear this. I know your comfort zone now. I know what beats. You know, it's a certain BPM. It's the New York sound of beats. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the beats that I could select for the next one yeah. that take me out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. that force me to think about I'm going to flow this record different, yeah. I'm going to approach this record different, or, or something to that. So, and, and that's fun. Like, that's super, like, challenging. That's like, you know, if you're playing ball and you're practicing your free throws, all right, I'm 10 for yeah. 10 for the line. Yeah. Okay, my mid-range is good. Let me take it out to the three-point line and figure out how many of these threes I can sink, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you're, funny enough, you're on a workout playlist on Spotify. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I, was, I, was, I, I, I picked it up because I was like, all right, I got to get some like different playlists to, to listen to. And it was maybe like 6.30 in the morning. I'm working out. I hear it, Rob. I'm like, wait a second. Hold up. I was like, oh, snap. They put him on the playlist. <laughs> the strings went all the way up. So, yeah, man. So yeah, now I'm streaming like in the hundreds of thousands on, on, on multiple joints. That's dope. And 
you know, I, I had somebody hit me. Writer is the record that's mm-hmm. on the, the Power playlist and Spotify. I had somebody somebody hit me just on Instagram. Cause you know Instagram DMs? Yeah. That people who can't even follow you could DM you. Yeah. yeah. And before, I would never look at the DMs. If I, but I was like, man, let me just see what people are saying. And there's a lot of... um inspirational stuff like um, one woman hit me just the other day and said that she heard the record came on the other day and she started crying oh, man. and like because it just made her feel like she there's so much that she has to do that she hasn't done yet I had one dude hit me up from um, I think he's in Saudi Arabia Shit. Um, oh, wow. I've never been there you know what I'm saying and hit, hit me and, 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 and was like I was on the verge of, of suicide. Like, I was feeling suicidal when I heard your record and it inspired me to live and maybe just do things that there was things worth living for. Mm-hmm. Wow. And and these are reactions that I've never intended. So th- this is worth more than a sale or a stream mm-hmm. or it's like th- these are people who would never forget. Yeah, your story is like a Cinderella story in a sense. Yeah. Like, you really went from one realm to another, mm-hmm. but you're successful still in both, and now you're touching people. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm opening up. I don't know when this is going to air, but October 30th, I'm opening up for Cypress Hill in Brooklyn. Shit. Um, and that's dope. Like, they're legends, obviously. This, they're some yo, of the best performers. Crazy. The wild part is Cypress Hill was the first rap concert I've ever been to in my life, so... I dug up these pictures of um, me, you know, my cousin got, got us tickets to go see Cypress Hill and backstage passes. So there's pictures of me at 13 years old on the tour bus with Be Real. That's and crazy. Send so I posted those pictures and I'm like, yo, these dreams come true. Like, I remember watching them like, damn, I want to do that. Because at this point, I've already written a couple of rhymes. I'm like, yo, one day I want to do that. And then, again, I don't ask to perform for Cypress Hill. I got the call and they was like, yo, you want to come? For Cypress Hill, you are open for Cypress Hill, and then they're tweeting about it. Like Be Real is like posting it on his Instagram. Like I don't really know him like that. Like I, I can't say like that's the homie, mm-hmm. you know. But they're like, like they're blown away. They were like they don't remember that I was there when when I was thirteen, and when they see these things on the grand, they're like, oh shit, this shit really came full circle for this yeah. dude. So you know, like that's the fun part, you know. I feel like a lot of things are coming full circle. Like even with Erin, you've you've been detrimental in giving her advice and things like that. How how does this? Because I think this is very interesting. <laughs> I'm proud. I'm, I'm I'm proud. I'm proud of Erin. Erin Erin would, would would call. I mean, we've had meetings. We've sat down yeah. meetings in Starbucks, like just figuring out where you were gonna go. You always had this vision of making not only great content, but you have a dope business mind. So you you was always like, yo, I, I know how. I could do something and brand it and make it authentic. Like, you always, you brought more to the table of, I just want to be a journalist. Like, you really thought about the game in a 360-degree, mm-hmm. you know, outlook. And, you know, from you going over to Revolt was dope. You know, like, I, I was proud to see that because we talked about that yeah. and made a plan and yeah. set the plan in motion and, and you carried it through and, and, and did it. And, you know, while, while I was a I was sad to see you leave when you told yeah. me you were leaving revolt. I was like, man, why? Da da da. But then to see with the cycle and the things that that you're doing there, like you're really creating your own path yeah. right now. Um, and and it's dope to see. And we've had many talks about just like how to navigate in this industry. And um, you got it. Like, not everybody is built for this because this shit will chew you up and spit you uh, out. But yeah, that mm-hmm. thing Definitely. that you need, you got it. Um, I appreciate it. So I'm super it. proud of you. And now you're building your your own platform with B, and, yeah. and that's dope. And, you know, though I ain't expressed this, but I, I've been a fan 
of yours, just your voice. It's like, I'm low-key tripping out. <laughs> like, you know, like, one of my most, one of the records that inspired me, like, there's certain things that are classics, right? That yeah. everybody just holds as, a, like, everybody knows Illmatic is a classic and yeah. Reasonable Down and Cuban yeah. Link and Get Rich or Die Trying. Then there's certain records that just personally to you mm-hmm. are, are classics. Um, Scarface the Fix being one of them is a classic. Mm-hmm. It's being very um, inspirational and, and the reason why I write the way I write. Moon Music 3 is one of those hey. uh, records for me. Um, Joe, Joe Budden's Moon Music 3 and, and it just even your voice and your contributions to, to, to that record yeah. are things that I, I I would never forget. Just I low-key just wanted him to give me just a Killer B.A.'s drop. <laughs> but I don't want to fan out. Wait, 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 B. You may have to do one. I'll do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yo, we did it. Yo. We made it. We made it. Nah, man, but so... For, for me to be here and then see you doing that because all I kind of knew from you coming up was just like okay that's just Butters man and mm-hmm. he, you know he hypes up the track and the killer BH and it's like nah Brandon's a real person yeah. and really does things and real contributions and, and what y'all building here is amazing so I salute thank it you. we appreciate it um, we definitely want to thank you for coming on um, right to dream people A lot of you uh, And again I'm Like I said earlier And I was a skeptic Go listen to this body of work mm-hmm. I assure you, you You will not be disappointed Great project And especially from uh, The New York New Jersey area It's hip hop yeah. And if you know me And you know Aaron yeah. <laughs> We're about hip hop people Go listen to it It's a beautiful piece of work it, it takes you on roller coasters And on top of it as you are listening and seeing, it's coming yeah. from someone that I think is genuine in the art and in just music. So I'm a fan. That's I'm love. a fan. Nah, yeah. that's love. Thank you, man. I'm so. Man, I was definitely afraid. Aaron knows like, to put this out. Like, <laughs> yeah. literally, yeah. the, the we week before it came out, I called Hovain. Um, and, and I don't know if I want to put this out. Like, I like. You almost didn't put it out. I, I was freaking out, like low key, like I, I wasn't because t- I knew I did at that point. We look, we signed a contract with Empire. Shout out to Gazi and Nima yeah. um, for for putting the deal together because those two guys, their contribution to this, I never forget. Like they gave me a shot when I don't think anybody would. Um, you know, the, we were contractually obligated. We had to put the record out. <laughs> but I was like, man, I, I don't know if I should put this out. Let me change the record. Let me do this and do that. And, and finally just let it go to have that reaction that it had. Because yeah. I knew it didn't fit in today necessarily. Somebody told me the other day, yesterday, they was like, yo, I think for your next joint, you need um, less lyrics and more ad-libs. And I was like... And it, he's a friend of mine, so I, I knew where it was coming from. And... I, you know, look, everything don't got to be super lyrical. I'm not one of those cats. Yeah. Um, and I understand, but it's like you got to go where the music takes you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. But, I mean, we're really in an era. Like, if you really think about it, my boy's comment notwithstanding, we're in an era of less lyrics and more ad-libs. Yeah, we are. Like, like you could bust your ass on a 16 and motherfuckers are overlooked that and... But if, yeah, just yeah, because of the yeah, flow, yeah, just because yeah, of uh, yeah, ad-libs yeah, and yeah, shit. Yeah, I said, "Man's yeah. not hot." <laughs> <laughs> right, but, no, but look, look, I'm glad, I'm glad we here. Look, look at where we at now. Like, yeah. memes are turning into records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's... like that record is signed, and if he sells, if he goes on to sell five million, yeah, of those, guess what? 
they're gonna do it again. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like Cash Me Outside is, is is signed. That's a prime example though. Like really think about that. Really think about that. She put that record out or just put that whole scheme out and I'm sure she wasn't even thinking that she would be an artist that now fucking right. uh, is being pushed. I don't think like any of us Far be it for me to shit on any artist who has taken no. an unconventional route because yeah. you, you know what? And let's keep it a stack. Yeah. If I don't have my journalism career and I drop Right to Dream as just a kid coming out from Brooklyn... I'm not here. Like, yeah. Chains is not asking me to open for him. I'm not on stage with Logic. I might not be here with Grassroots. I'm not getting played on High 97. So I recognize taking the unconventional route. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But don't dumb our shit the fuck down. Like, mm. our shit is, yeah. is worth something. It's not a fad. It's not a meme. Memes disappear and go away after a while. Like, and I think it starts with us as fans and as, 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 as media and people in the culture. Like, um, if we don't give it our attention, like there's certain things I just won't retweet. Even if I find it funny, like Man's Not Hot was funny. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah, yeah. it's funny. I don't need to retweet it. Everybody's retweeting it. Like mm-hmm. I don't need to add energy to this because yeah. the labels, what they're seeing is we're retweeting because we're laughing at it. Like, oh, this is funny. What they see is engagement. They're seeing dollar signs. Numbers. They're seeing, oh, this so, is a thing. When you retweet something, sometimes people like retweet something because they hate it, right? Mm-hmm. And And to... There's no way to measure that how you feel about a share or a retweet or playing a song on, on YouTube. Like, um, but all they see is oh, th- those clicks mean interest. That interest means money. Yeah, you know. So so we put our energy into shit that we might not even like. Like, look, I like this as a joke. That don't mean I'm gonna go buy your record. Look at the kid. Remember the kid? The why you always lying? Yeah, yeah. 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 That was funny as fuck. That was yeah. hilarious. Then he went to the studio and cut a full version of that record. Remember? Which is and, crazy. And people was like, we don't wait. Chill, b. We was good with the yeah, thirty seven. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh yeah. no, baby, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm talking about. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm long winded, but I'm passionate about the shit. Like. You know, invest your energy in, in, into stuff that that's quality and, and talented. If not, this whole shit gonna crumble. I feel you. And, and, and it starts with us about what we will and what we won't accept mm-hmm. from artists. Like it's cool to laugh, it's cool to joke, it's cool to have fun. But think about twenty years from now, like our kids gonna have something. Like there's a kid. Damn, sorry, so many tangents. Um, right. Lou got cash. Oh yes, yeah, um, from Queens. From Queens. Mm-hmm. That's Pretty Lou's son from the Lost Boys. No shit. Absolutely. And he got a dope record out, you know. Uh, what is it? Make tens and to save yeah. H.O. Yeah. Like, that's my guy. Like, he got a good record. But Lost Boys, like that that was like royalty to us yeah. growing up. They were dope. And they were able to do something so dope and they left something behind that his son could pick it up. Now his son has a career that he could go, right? Like yeah. um, Chris Rivers, like Pun's son now has a playground that he could play in and, and I hope that he's successful. You know, Diddy's son is starting to do his thing. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Like, what we gonna leave for our future? Like, we gonna fuck around and dumb this hip-hop shit down so the fuck much? And it's our shit. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. I mean, the label may own your masters, whatever, whatever, but it's our shit because this shit don't move without us. Exactly. Like, what's gonna be left for our kids? What's gonna be left for the next generation if we just meme the shit the fuck out? Yeah. Wow. We're all about that. We're all about... The realness, we're not dumbing down. That's why we got you as a journalist, you as a rapper, and us as a podcast. So, um, But, Rob, I, I definitely want to say thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. And just thank you so much in general because, like, 
you are one of the people that really, truly believed in my potential when I first got here. And you never once doubted me. And even now, like, just getting your guidance and support, I know I sometimes hit you up. And it's funny, I was telling Brandon, I was like, yo, whenever that Puerto Rican side's coming up, I always hit up Rob. I'm like, Rob, I don't know what the hell to do. Like, I'm about to lose it. Like, what do I do? And Rob's like one of the very few people who can be like, you know, it's okay, you just gotta go this route. Or sometimes he'll be like, yo, fuck them. I'm like, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> um, but no, I really I really do appreciate your kind words and, and appreciate uh, how you've supported me and everything. And, you know, now I'm I'm the one that's now trying to support you in any way as possible. And I know Brandon feels the same 100%. way, too. You got my support. That's crazy. That's love. And you guys are just scratching the surface, man. Like, you know, from where you started um, to where you are now, like... I was like, what is this, like nine episodes? Nah, y'all teenagers now. <laughs> y'all in it. Um, you know, I wish you much more, you know, um, 100 episodes, 200, 300. Like, I think that um, grassroots really has the potential to become a staple in our culture. Like, one of those things, like, when, when somebody puts out a pro- like, all right, man, all right, I got to do Breakfast Club, um, you know, Everyday Struggle, grassroots. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and y'all have the potential to be that. So I think Thank y'all just you. getting started. Thank you. I look forward to seeing the journey. And any way I can support, I'm here for it. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Markman. Killer BH! <laughs> <laughs>